the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, episode 122. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and we're recording once again at the Storybook Inn Studios. In case anyone's counting, and I'm sure no one is not, because I certainly am not, this is the third episode in a week. It feels like maybe, maybe we might be getting back on track, or I might be getting back on track, and the people that I want to talk to are getting back on track because now they want to talk to me again. So I am ecstatic that we are able to bring you a third episode in a week. If the third episode in as many weeks, if you're enjoying the show, please go out and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast app that you prefer to use, Stitcher, whichever one. If you would give us a rating or review on one of those apps, we would certainly appreciate it. And the reason I ask you to do that is because it helps boost the algorithm and your podcast app will recommend us to other people who are listening to similar type content. It's a free way for us to get more word out about the podcast. Also, I want to ask you to tell three people this week about the podcast. Pick out your favorite episode and say, hey, you really need to go listen to this. This is some great information. Did you know that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body and cannabis, a.k.a. marijuana, a.k.a. the devil's lettuce, can actually feed that endocannabinoid system and help heal our bodies? And if you would share the podcast with three people, we would certainly appreciate it. Before I introduce my guest, I want to let you know that there is some R-rated language in this episode. So if there are any little ears within earshot, make sure you shoo them out of the room if you don't want them to add to their vocabulary today. I am joined today by Fabian Henry. He's the founder and director of Breton Canna Farms. He's the president and founder of Global Alliance Foundation Fund, which subsidizes Veterans for Healing, which is a nonprofit that he co-founded in 2014 with the aim of helping veterans recover from trauma. He was also recently featured in a documentary I came across not too long ago called Unprescribed. So Fabian is joining us today to talk about his journey to find cannabis as medicine. Fabian, welcome to the program. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, I watched the documentary, is it prescribed or unprescribed? Unprescribed. Yeah. Unprescribed. Okay. I wanted to make sure I got that right. So I watched the documentary Unprescribed and you were actually on that documentary telling your story and um, you were, we didn't get to hear all the story, I don't suppose, because it's just small little clips. And I don't think you really went into your personal story too terribly much in the documentary. So I was going to see if I could have you come on and, and go into a little more depth on what your personal story is with medical cannabis. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks um, for that, Kimberly. And yeah, unprescribed is um, not really uh, about the Canadian veteran up north. It's more about the unprescribed American veterans who don't have access to medical cannabis. Uh, in Canada, we're fortunate enough not only to have access to federally regulated medicine, cannabis medicine, but also our VA pays for it. So, um, you know, we're not, we don't have to spend our money going out trying to find our medicine. 
Um, so we're fortunate in that sense. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's incredible. You know, I didn't realize personally, that. I'm, yeah. The VA pays 850 yeah. a gram, uh, nice. for three, up to three grams a day. Um, and that, uh, should be, um, accessible to the guys and gals in the South that are also suffering with trauma uh, and not getting access to the best Band-Aid possible because it's still a Band-Aid for trauma. Um, over the years, we've learned that it replaces receptor deficiency. Like mo Mostly it's the anandamide receptor, the happy mm -hmm. receptor in the brain. Um, and using cannabis replaces that uh, happy receptor and makes you feel what we call normal for at least a few hours. Um, that's why we have to keep using it because it's like, it works, but it's only for a few hours and it's still just a bandaid. Um, in my experience, I, I've never, I'm 41 today, but, uh, well, happy I've birthday. never used cannabis until I was 31 years old. No, no, no. I'm 41 in 10 years ago was the first time <laughs> cannabis touched okay. my lips okay. at age 31. And, um, before that I had never tried it. I uh, never really used it. Um, so from there, uh, it was kind of like, it felt like uh, you go to Afghanistan, you go to Iraq, you come back, you're injured. You're not, you're supposed to suck it up, but you can't really, you just fucking drink more. Uh, pardon my language. You're but, good. Uh, you know, they prescribed nine pills a day uh, to Fabian Henry, like SSRIs and Benzo, Seroquel, Abilify, Trazodone, Clonazepam effects are like max doses where to the point my male organs stopped working and oh my you know, goodness for two yeah and it's it's an embarrassing thing like a decade ago oh at 31 gosh, years yeah. old and here you are trying to like take the medicine that the army doctors give you but it's it's pretty much killing you mm -hmm. um it's there is no pill for ptsd uh and there is no cure it's just trying to manage so then i explored cannabis um, and lo and behold, I felt good for the first time in quite a lot, quite a while. Um, and then from there went on to uh, educate uh, the use of medical cannabis. I opened up 14 clinics across Canada in two years, registered over 12,000 medical patients, um, helped about over 2,000 veterans get access to this medical cannabis and have it paid for by our VA. So that awesome. was a, a big milestone up until 2016. Um, it, because it's <clears throat> like I was saying, Kimberly, like my, I don't need to get into my story to be honest, because it's no different than anyone else that's been to combat or been to war. Um, they'll get on to tell you the same thing. It, it, you love, you love it when you're doing it. It's you're, you're a soldier and that's why you join, but you also think that they'll take care of you when you get back and you're injured. And that's where the breakdown happens. Um, so my story isn't any different that I was addicted to alcohol. I had to go to inpatient care for, for 60 days, all of that stuff, uh, before I found cannabis. Um, so that's, that's that, but it's, what do you do after you're on, you're on cannabis? Do you just sit at home in your basement and smoke weed? Because that ain't the answer. You know, yeah. uh, you treat the symptom with the right band aid, and then you need a trusted psychologist that you can do the therapy work with. Yeah. Now, I tried it on nine pills a day and I couldn't communicate really. And now I got on cannabis and I've been doing therapy for eight years uh, with my therapist and you know, it helps just stay focused and checking in and, and um, doing the work on 
your inner healer, why you have an addiction issue. Why do you have trauma and doing that behavioral therapy around, around it um, and working on your, basically your fractured spirit is what I have. Like, mm -hmm. What we have is this fractured spirit. You come back, you go out a warrior, you come back with these fractures and it's like, how do we, re how do we get the guy's spirit back and, and loving life and connected to nature and, um, you know, so we through cannabis, therapist, yoga, meditation, nature, drumming, feasting, fires, ceremony, peer support. There, there's all kinds through all of this stuff um, and having that support tribe support network. Uh, guys tend to go from being right out to lunch on trauma, getting sorted out through an addiction facility, getting on the medical cannabis, doing the therapy for a couple of years connecting with your peers, doing yoga, and then all of a sudden you see trauma become an accelerant to growth. There's a point where they start to feel good again on this mm -hmm. medicine, the eating better, exercising, being in nature, and then they find a purpose somewhere. You know, that glimpse of their spirit or their self comes out. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Like, uh, there's a lot of successful veterans um, who were a mess and are now um, doing very well. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely. And, and the uh, y'all in Canada are so fortunate to, to be able so, yeah. to have access to that, the medicine. Now you mentioned that you had never used cannabis until you were 31 years old. What I'm assuming yeah. that you probably totally bought the narrative that you were taught in school in, in the military, that, you know, touch this stuff. Yeah, no, I bought in hardcore and uh, I come from a coal mining family, a hardworking family. So you know, and played hockey. Um, so I didn't smoke cigarettes and I didn't do any drugs and I didn't smoke marijuana. And I thought, yeah, it's drugs. It's bad mm -hmm. in the military. Like definitely didn't do it in the military. It's like charge, charge the guy or whatever. But yeah, um, I'm the first to say I was completely wrong. I didn't even know we had, we have an endocannabinoid system as humans. Every human right. has one. So I had no, no idea about that. And why do we have one? It's to receive cannabinoids mm -hmm. when I'm depleted in my, uh, receptor deficiency. I need cannabinoids to replace that deficiency. And, and I didn't know that. And it's funny, like Dr. Neumeister at NYU Lagone Medical Center, he used to lead researcher if you look up his work and he explains the, the receptors. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's, that's a, something we all need to get educated on. Absolutely. Now, you know? how did you, how were you introduced to it? Were you just desperate to try something that would help and somebody said, hey, man, if you try this, it'll work. And you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Literally, I'm living in my military housing. I'm, on, I'm you know, waiting to be medically released. And I'm taking all these pills and I'm drinking. And my next door neighbor was just a young 19, 18-year-old who was like, dude, like, you have to, you have to smoke weed, right? And yeah. finally, like, I had no other option. I'm three years on all these pills. And said yeah I'm gonna smoke it and I smoked it in the garage with him and I just kept smoking it until I puked like I greened it they call greening out or whatever but it was the best feeling I've had in years I felt yeah. a glimpse of my spirit again and I could feel when I've been like a zombie wearing a pharmaceutical helmet for years mm -hmm. you can't feel shit yeah and you wonder your parts don't work because you can't feel anything right right now is <laughs> you it know and that's what the zoplicone and the clonazepam that's what it does to you I, I guess the Canadian doctors for the VA, y'all's VA, are kind of similar to the ones here in the USA. It's just we're going to just push pills down your throat 
there's no thought of any, or at the time, I guess, no thought of any alternative treatment methods. No, you can't even speak of uh, Eastern philosophy medicine at all. Um, it's it's their way or no way, and if you can't follow that, then you know get out. And and I understand the military, all militaries, they need a well-oiled machine with parts on a shelf that if you're broke, they just replace the part, and the machine has to keep going. But and that's fine. Uh, but don't fucking say you're going to take care of us and we come home broken. I've been to 15 funerals of people killing themselves here in Canada. Wow. And there's 22 a day. There's 6,000 a year in the States taking their lives. And yeah. if that doesn't set off alarm bells, then, you know, fuck you, man. Right. That's, this, sorry, but this is my attitude. Um, and it's not always politically correct because they don't go to the funerals. Right. They don't get their feet dirty with these guys. They don't mm -hmm. try to help at all. They actually try to sweep it under the rug. Yes, and just hand you fistfuls of pills uh, somewhere along the line of that pharmaceutical if you go all the way back someone's making money giving us medication that's hurting us mm -hmm. and that's what's disgusting you know yeah they, they sent you guys the medicine's working but it's not working right right yeah i mean that's plainly obvious to everyone who who cares to even look it it doesn't work and now we've got this plant that's that you guys are used and you're told hey you're going over there and you're fighting for freedom and then when you come back you don't even have the freedom to choose the medication that you can use yeah and it's it's just funny uh and i know it's an it's a you know transitional pioneering kind of time right now um but there's no excuse uh, the evidence is there now yes be it it's not clinical for uh phase four research but there's a ton of evidence-based research that should give us the benefit of doubt because of the consequences are suicide mm -hmm. or death or you know destruction in your life and divorce and just miserable uh situations so yeah i say why not try the plant medicine first not last exactly it's a plant like yeah have, have if you, the plant don't work, then let's move on to the man-made pharmaceuticals. Absolutely. Have you found that the doctor's attitudes in Canada have changed towards cannabis since it's been legalized, or is there still that rigidity? Well, not, not only has it changed, they've dropped it down from just physicians being the gatekeepers to one step under a nurse practitioner is now allowed to prescribe cannabis. That's great. So... Um, all doctors, all nurse practitioners can prescribe medical cannabis and it's very easy to get access in Canada now. We could do a Skype video like this with your nurse or doctor and have a prescription any day of the week. Anywhere oh wow, in the that's country. awesome. Yeah, that's great yeah, news. So, yeah, and that's, you know, we're past that. It's like, I understand the need of having access in the States. It's a real issue that needs to be addressed but you also need to be addressing it in a total health treatment package yeah i need the cannabis but i also need the therapist i also need my peers i also need yoga and meditation and you know reiki and massage and nature and i need some other things i don't just need cannabis and if that's the focus like i'm not interested yeah you know, i'm interested in the whole package and then seeing the person find their spirit and get back to back to life again yeah because cannabis is just one small part You've got to do all the other stuff on top of a tool. it. Yeah. Now, is a tool, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stigma, or used to be. Maybe it's becoming more accepted. There was. There's always been this stigma around seeking out mental health and and talking to someone. You know, there's like, well, you know, there's something wrong with you. 
if you go and do that is that stigma is it or you're not man you're not manly or womanly enough if you have to go talk to somebody is that stigma kind of being reduced now or is it still you know are still a lot of veterans held back because of that it's funny it's a good good question it's a great question and it's good timing for that right now in the uk for example those guys they're what we'd say is hard as fuck and their mentality is all about I'm a soldier and there's no such thing as taking a knee for a brain injury. They are a hundred percent wrong and yeah. I'll be the first one to take the podium and let them know that actually you're the one who's destructing your own life by not seeking better treatment uh, or not even acknowledging you have an injury and just drinking your life away or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we can hold people accountable in Canada from the general to the colonel down to the private, um, they're all using medical cannabis, whether it's CBD for their pain, a little bit of indica oil for sleep at night, a little bit of sativa for their depression, a little bit of indica THC for PTSD. Like It's multiple uses and multiple delivery methods. And the warriors in Canada, um, they're not taking the pills anymore. They found a plant medicine. They're like, this works. Thank you very much. And they're on with their, on with the program. Uh, that's whoever great. Here, whoever they're connected to. And so it's, it's, it's a beautiful model that's happening now. That's transpiring. Mind you, it's still a bit of a mess with quality and consistency, but we have access, we have treatment, it's covered. And uh, more and more veterans are opening up their own wellness centers and taking care of each other um, that way. So we're fortunate here. This should be adopted in the States. And I would love to have that opportunity someday to present, look, this is exactly how it happens in Canada. Mm -hmm. It's paid for. Everybody's doing better now on this program, uh, following this direction. Um, and people are engaged in their therapy and doing well. Um, so why not give that a try? Because what's going on just isn't working. Show, show us the data where there's a program that's working. Right. You know, it's hard to find. Right. Now, y'all do a lot of peer support as well, because one of the things I noticed in the, in the movie, in the documentary, is that you guys had a big yeah, gathering of veterans. Mm -hmm. That's Mama Lutz. She's got a beautiful story, and she's a beautiful woman um, whose sons have served. And I won't tell her inspirational story. You'll have to watch the video. But uh, she's a beautiful human being that... Uh, in spite of what happened with her children, she's using that uh, as her focus to go forward. And she's connecting veterans all over the States, all over the place into Canada. She has a nice little app out for peer support. And it's these kind of people and these kind of things that bring us and keep us at least connected. Like I brought three veterans up here to Canada to our retreat in the woods um, that are on that video, Josh and Frank and Steve. Mm -hmm. and um you know they seen how we do it up here and that's why they're now saying like we need to do what you're doing up there man we have the medicine we have the tribe we have the fires the gatherings um and that's you know that's what we're missing that's where the break the kicked out of your tribe and where who am i now if i'm not a soldier right right because you're just you're you're part so, of a unit, you've got a team, and then you come home and it's like your team is gone. You're just kind of floating around with no nobody. And your family, no, you know, they, although they, they love you, they can't nobody's really nobody's holding your hand. Yeah. And your family, as much as they love you, they they can't relate to what you experienced over there. 
No, it's uh, a, <clears throat> there's a video called Go Ruck for civilians who want to kind of know what it's like to be an, an elite soldier. I think it's a 48, 40 hour uh, hell marathon, but uh, it's a it's a good documentary to give civilians an eye opener to how difficult um, it can be in places like Afghanistan and Iraq. While they're just doing training in their comforts of the woods in the states, take that uh, difficulty and put bullets in your hand and go out and fight the enemy with that same hardness. It's tough. Mm-hmm. But it's a, anyways, it's it's those warriors who become the most broken. They've dedicated so much. And then when you fracture that and say, get the fuck out of here, you're no more good. Mm-hmm. It's like the head's spinning. It's like, what? What do you mean? Like, you know, I, I gave everything. I would have died for this country. Yeah. Um, or I did, you know, a lot of people did die for this country. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a breakdown upon coming home. Is Injury. is. Is the suicide rate, because we've got, you know, 22, 23 veterans a day here in the States committing suicide, is the, are the rates similar in Canada? And have you seen any change in that since cannabis was legalized? Right. Yes. Um, the rates are similar in proportion to the amount of people who deployed yeah. and the amount of people. So in ratio perspective, yes, it's, it's alarming what's happening. Um, and has it curbed a little bit? I would have to say like, yes, it definitely curbed, Mm -hmm. um, since 2014 to now it hasn't stopped, but there was no access anywhere. Uh, it was, it was just a, a lot of hot messes out there rolling the dice, walking around. Um, you know, so it's slowly, it's taken several years now. We're seven years into the program in Canada and it's still quite a bit of mess. Um, People still are taking their lives, um, but it's not as frequent as when, uh, you know, after 07, 08, 09, 2010, mm-hmm. 11, 12, it was, it was, there was a lot of people blowing their faces off, mm. um, you know. And then you've got the ones our, that. Our most tragic. Yeah, sorry. And I was just going to say our most tragic client to put this in perspective of how real trauma can be uh, in Nova Scotia. A young man who was a sniper in Afghanistan took took his mother's life, his wife's life, and his daughter's life before taking his own life. Oh my goodness! And was like a national tragedy here, um, and was looking for help and trying to find help, and you know didn't get what he needed, and this was the outcome, and it was very unfortunate because there's not enough treatment, let alone for veterans, but for trauma alone, there's not enough treatment, and then the treatment that's available, some of it's not working. They don't accept cannabis. No, they want you back on the pharmaceuticals to get into the treatment. Right. And some of the side effects so of the pharmaceuticals of are increased uh, increased suicides. Like one of the side effects, it's like suicidal thoughts. It's like, we well, already had those. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So when somebody really digs into the deep, deep details of all this, it it's, it's disgusting. It's alarming. Like, uh, it's hard to comprehend how, how I know this like system that, uh, systemic racism stuff. Well, this is one of those systems, man. Like this is one of those systems that's, it's not adjusting. It's, it is what it is. And it's whether it's hurting people or not, they're not, uh, they're not adjusting the system, um, to make it better. Uh, and that's the military wheel and so be it. They need it uh, nice and fresh to fight wars, I guess. And, 
mm-hmm. make other people money or something. I don't know. But, Do and that's it, where we're at. Yeah, is the the I mean, because we feel like I don't know if you you probably feel this way too, but you know, it's like the pharmaceutical industry just has so many tentacles and everything here in politics and the media and everything. So is it similar in Canada where there's, they're just in, they've got their fingers and everything. And how did, how are y'all able to, to, you know, break loose from that and actually get some legalized cannabis? Right. Right. We got lucky um, with a, with a, uh, a court case uh, in the early 2000s um, of a veteran winning his right to have access to medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. And let's just say only a few doctors were prescribing way back then. Um, so that gave you options. You could either, there was only one supplier at the time with only one strain, or you could grow your own. So for a long time, there was only about 100 veterans in Canada growing their own at home in their garage and not, you know, just kind of hush-hushing about it. Um, because it was still extremely um, stigmatic and you couldn't just come out and you stink like cannabis. No, it's a terpene profile that can be measured under gas chromatography. It has a graph. That smell makes me feel good. So piss off, right? Yeah. Once you learn about this and because at first, yes, it stinks. It's because you don't use it for your benefit and it doesn't make you feel good because you don't eat it. And when you do, that smell has a relation to a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so does essential oils, you know, like uh, yeah. there's healing powers. Uh, same thing with terpenes, it's called. And, and the little crystals on the buds are called trichomes. That's the medicine. So we need to pull the medicine off. And, and really, if you want, put that extract in a pen and that, that'll work uh, if the stink is an issue. So there's so much to learn. There's over 100 cannabinoids in this plant in the profile. We know like about, you know, a dozen CBD, CBG, CBN, TAC. CBW. We don't know really what they do. We haven't, you know, it's an exciting thing. If I was a, in school or I would recommend somebody in school, this is an exciting a, a avenue to be studying because it's going to take a long time mm-hmm. to study all the profiles and the, you know, entourage effect versus uh, straight extract oil versus oral ingestion. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to be in this space and time right now. Yeah. And learning, always learning, and always trying to listen to what the guys say make, makes them feel better. And, um, you know, for sure, the cannabis is, is one tool that works. It's not a cure. It's just a tool. And Yeah. Yeah. One piece of the puzzle. Well, tell folks what you're up to these days. You're a very busy guy. You sent me a list of all the stuff you're done. I'm like, dang, does this guy sleep? <laughs> no. Uh, with PTSD, another thing is, I don't know if you're not sleep. You need to occupy your brain. You can't, we can't sit still and just be like, the brain will, we need to be busy mm-hmm. filling that space with something, either throwing disc golfs or raking rocks. It doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. As far as what I'm working on is um, launching a production facility to, to grow the medical cannabis and focus on the science, um, the quality and the consistency so that you can in turn deliver to the patient what they need on a regular basis and not say we're out this month would you like to try something else imagine mm-hmm. going to the pharmacy and saying we're out of your effects sir would you like to try uh Seroquel? Like, mm-hmm. that's not even allowed and that's what's happening now so that needs to be fixed so we're trying to tackle that problem um we have therapists working with us that if somebody needs one we can connect to connect our guys to uh 
trusted therapists. Um, but where my heart lies is in developing our uh, retreat in Piper's Glen, Cape Breton. Uh, we have a 130 acre property um, that, you know, once you're on the Band-Aid, once you have a therapist, this is where you will come and do your tribal work and repair your spirit through fire, drumming, hiking, little small party task, maybe build a small walkway bridge type thing or, you know, do something together. Um, that's where the connection, oh, some, there's my tribe, there's my heart. Somebody loves me in this world still, mm -hmm. cares about me. Um, that's, that's where I spend a lot of my energy and time. Uh, it's just specifically helping veterans get to that point. And is, is that the, the GAF organization yeah. that, that does the retreat stuff? That's the GAF. So yeah, I mean, right. So I started a company called Marijuana for Trauma. Uh, I donated all my ownership uh, to start this charity called GAF, or it's a nonprofit right now. Um, so I donated uh, over 67 million shares into holding into GAF, which is wow. called the Global Alliance Foundation Fund, but in the military, we call it the give a fuck factor. Um, so, you know, once these shares appreciate our nonprofit, the GAF uh, should be worth a few million bucks where we can then do some damage in, in the nature side, building our, what we need, like our obstacle course, our zip lines, our, you know, the right cabins, and the right tools we need to be effective in, in repairing the spirit. That's awesome. Uh, so we have a plan. It's a long-term plan. Um, and, you know, every year keeps, we keep bolting on uh, and uh, we'll get there. How many veterans have, have y'all, do y'all serve? Is it the same guys that come out or do you kind of put, come bring them through in phases or? Right. So right now it's more piloting small groups of people we know that have been in therapy and in treatment. And um, it won't be until, uh, probably summer of 2022 before we start launching supervised structured from the minute you show up to the minute you leave retreats with mm -hmm. therapists on site and these kind of things. Uh, because eventually if you're going to want to come here and you see what we're doing, you got to go back and get in line and make sure you're on the right medicine. Make sure you have a therapist because I can't take you here and babysit you and you didn't do the work and everyone else did the work to get here, you know, because it won't, it won't work out. We've already learned that. So we, we need, got, we need people to get in line, do the work it takes to get to the, the healing. And, you know, some guys can do it on their own and some guys need to be connected. Uh, we just want options. It's not the, yes. Our model can be anywhere in the next mm -hmm. town, the next province, the next state, where, wherever, but this is what's working. People want to repair their spirits. Yeah. Like that's what's fractured in looking inward and getting that work done. Well, that's great that that incentivizes people to go back and do the work so that they can come and join yeah. in these type things. So I, I think that's great yeah. that they say, Hey, if you do this, then you can come do this. And sometimes right. that's what people need. Well, they're, they're looking or you're lost or you're looking for direction when you have trauma, mm -hmm. you're spinning and you're disassociating and you're like, you know, there's other work to do. <clears throat> to repair some of those pathways and uh, through entheogenic therapy. You may have heard of people using ayahuasca, a new thing out of psilocybin is taken mm -hmm. on the market pretty quickly to treat depression and trauma. And uh, I'm familiar in, in, in the, this space as well. And it's about activating non-ordinary states of consciousness. And that's where some of the work gets done too. 
Um, but that has to be done with either a doctor or a shaman in a controlled um, ceremonial way. Mm-hmm. But that stuff's happening and there's some great results coming out of that as well. Yeah, there's been, I think so, and that, maybe, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, it is. I think there's been some states here in, in, in the, the U.S. that have legalized psilocybin. What is the status of psilocybin in Canada? It's legalized for life-ending care, like cancer patients type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's coming. It, it it's coming. And it, this you know this fungus ha- has a purpose. And uh, you read Terence McKenna's book on heroic dosing, or taking five grams at one time, which I do not recommend doing unless you're supervised. Um, you know th- these are. You have to do your research. If you're just coming in blind, taking handfuls of this or that and the other thing, you know, yeah. you need to go back before pillar one and get in and get some help and then get in the program type thing. Right. right. So it's easy to pick up on that now, what people's intentions are. You have to set your intention. You don't just smoke weed all day. You have to thank that plant for sacrificing her life. She's the divine feminine and she's saving your potentially saving your life. She saves mine on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I have an attitude of gratitude for Santa Maria. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, blessed that we have access, but yeah. I'm always w- willing to do these kind of things. And, um, another call coming up with the group, for the boys and, and Janine from the documentary, mm-hmm. uh, because awareness and education, eventually these lawmakers and policymakers got to look in the mirror and they got sons and daughters and people who served and their kids are telling them, dad, are you fucked? Like, come on, it's the 21st century. Like cannabis is working, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, it is coming and it is going to be mainstream my kids and my kids, kids, they're going to laugh at all this, you know, it'll be in every, every drugstore everywhere, CBD for everyone. Yeah. Just like it used to be. It used to be in the (laughs) drugstore. You could go down, to the drugstore and get your, your cannabis. It was sitting on right. a shelf. So then they lock, put the stamp in the vault, locked up the stamp. Nobody can get it anymore. And that's it. Yeah. People are feeling too good is what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then well, when you feel good, yeah. You start challenging those systems. Yes. Yes, absolutely. If, if folks want to, if folks want to find out more about what you're doing and follow kind of the work that you've been doing, what's right. the best place for them to do that? Um, on Facebook, follow us is called veterans for healing. Um, that's our Facebook page where we, uh, you know, show what's going on and stay updated. And our website of our four pillars that you can follow is called gaffhouse.org. G A F F H O U S E.org. And, um, you can follow those four pillars and you can reach out through the website. Um, and that should guide you somewhat back to your authentic self. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Fabian. You're like I said, you're a busy guy. So I appreciate you taking some time with me this morning. <laughs> My pleasure, Kimberly. Yep. Well, we'll, yep. uh, hopefully we can touch base soon about getting, getting the, getting the guys and gal back together for unprescribed and do a little chat on that. Exactly. That'd be great. Um, I was curious before. I'm available anytime for you. This is important. Uh, important stuff. Yes, definitely. Definitely need to get the word out. And uh, folks, if you haven't checked out the documentary Unprescribed, you need to go do that. I will put a link to everything that Fabian's mentioned today, as well as to the documentary Unprescribed in the show notes for today's episode. 
thank you so much, Fabian, and uh, we'll be in touch. Show notes for today's episode can be found out at CannabisHillsBean.com slash 122. Hopefully, I'll be able to maintain this role and be back with you on Monday of next week to share another cannabis healing story. Until then, you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.